The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. Can you love yourself enough to show up and do something different, which may change the course of your life? Hey, everyone. From LinkedIn News, this is In the Arena, a podcast exploring human potential. I'm Leah Smart, and every week you'll find me right here in conversation with bright minds and brave hearts, learning how we can improve our lives and our world by transforming ourselves. Today, the show's former producer, Michelle, and I are sitting down to have a chat with someone who's been a big part of me getting more in touch with how I'm breathing and, more importantly, my emotions and my heart. His name's J.P. Crimmy, and he's a breathwork trainer. Now, before you pause this because you think you know everything there is to know about meditation and breathing, which was my response before his class, let me tell you, J.P.'s class and his work are unlike anything I've ever experienced. Going once opened up a new way for me to relate to my stress, my awareness of my body, and my breathing. So I've been doing it for two years, and in order to mitigate my bias, I had Michelle join me for her first class and to do the interview with me, and she's here now. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Leah. So, Michelle, I just want you to tell everyone in three words how you describe your experience before we let JP take it away. All right. So I've been thinking about my three words. Here's what I've got. This experience was mind-blowing. This experience was clarifying. And it was also blissful. Dare I ask you more about <laughs> any of those words? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. It. I felt after the class was done as though a gate had been unlocked in my brain and I was ready to set some intention. I felt like I had clarity on what I wanted out of this next chapter of my life. And I felt like I wanted to dance. I was going to say I saw you dancing. <laughs> you did. And I'm never going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who haven't taken the course, which I'm sure most of you have not taken the class, it's on video. And so at the end, I could see Michelle's like feet moving around in her apartment because <laughs> you can't see her full room. So it was pretty hilarious and amazing to see. All right. So if that didn't get you excited, I don't know what will. I know you are going to want to try this or something like it immediately. If you want a new way to feel less stressed, more peaceful, clarified, blissful and mind blown. Michelle, any other words for our listeners? Uh, buckle up. What a ride. <laughs> All right. Here's JP sharing what he's up to and why. My intention is to change as many lives as I can uh, on this planet while I'm here with the incredible power of breath work. You know, without a doubt. I, I mean, it's it's very clear for me. And it's just to like keep transforming life after life after life with breath work. And I can only get to so many people. So that's why I'm now teaching people. Well, I've been doing it for six years, seven years, teaching other people how to teach breath work. So creating people in the world who are out there transforming lives as well. So that this thing is like, I say it's like a pyramid scheme for good. Like we're out there helping people for, for, for real, for, you know, and until you actually experience it you just you have no clue like how much it can transform somebody's life yeah well I mean I got to you two years ago two Februarys ago because 
a friend of mine, Jenna, who's a friend tour, was turning 50, and she said, all I want for my 50th birthday is for the people I love to join this class. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I meditate a lot, so I was like, okay, I'll do this meditation on Sunday. <laughs> and little did I know, I got in there, and number one, I was like laughing my off because you're hilarious. And I was like, I did not expect this person. Like I was expecting this like guy who's going to be super peaceful and just like he's doing the thing like he's in that world, even though I know Jenna well enough to know like she wouldn't probably wouldn't go for that. Um, but but all of a sudden it's like you, you know, this hour long class with 30 minutes of it's kind of like active relaxation or active in some ways it's like active rest it's more like um, a workout to be honest yeah, yeah people yeah. have this misconception that they come and they think breathing they hear breathing breath work and they think it's going to be this relaxing meditation and it's more like it's more like a workout which is actually why it worked so well for me because i was a celebrity trainer at the time personal trainer when i found breath work and i was like oh this is like a workout i can do this i can't sit and meditate if my life depended on it but i can lay down and work out my diaphragm and my breath and people are kind of shocked by my uh, straightforward East Coastness, I guess, when they show up. When I used to do classes in LA uh, on a regular basis, I would have to take the 10 freeway to the 405 to the 101 or whatever. And by the time I got there, you know, and I'd be fighting over a parking space and I'd be like, all right, I sit your ass down. I just took all the worst freeways in the world to get here. And then I almost just choked somebody out over a parking space. But if you can sit your ass down, I'm going to put gratitude and love in your heart. And people were like shocked. They're like, what is with this guy? And I'm, because I'm not the guy who walks in the room and is like, hey, everybody, I know we're going through a hard time. Mercury's in retrograde right now. And I'm like, whose voice is that person using? You know, I'm from the East Coast. There's no mercury in retrograde in Boston. Your life's a mess because you made it that way. Like, get your shit together. But, you know, I've just, I've just learned to be comfortable with who I am and realize that the right people are going to be attracted to me. You know, the right people are going to find me. If I can authentically be myself and not give a shit what other people think about me, then my people are going to find me because you can't be true to yourself. You can't be really honest and authentic to who you really are and want everybody to like you at the same time. You have to decide. You can't have both. You just can't, you know. Well, and I mean, I, I think like Michelle, you know, I didn't really tell her what to expect. I just was like, this is going to be an amazing experience. And then I hope to God that it actually would be for her. I was like, I hope she's open. I hope she's down. I hope she like goes all in. That's sort of what I loved about it is the surprise and shock that you get when I when you join the Zoom. This is a virtual class. I know you're doing some live in person now, but I joined virtually the first time and for the first you know two years. You get on the Zoom and you're like, wait, this guy and this class is totally different than I thought it was going to be. And on your first time, you're like, I'm ready to go because I'm shocked, I'm surprised, and I'm kind of open because of that. Like, Michelle, what was that like for you? So funnily enough, yes, Leah didn't really prepare me for what exactly it was. And also the day before I took the class, I, I have a monthly career check-in with one of my good friends from an old job. Um, and she had said that she just did a breathwork class and she ended on the floor sobbing. So I was like, okay, I'm about to have an emotional experience. All right. And I, so I was prepared for something emotional. What I wasn't prepared for was A, how emotional, B, how physical, and also how amazing your playlist was. I was expecting, like Leah said, like soothing flutes and sounds of the forest. And instead I was like, oh, it's 70s classic rock. All right. 
And so it just like immediately put me in a different headspace where I was like, I don't know what to expect. And I think that left me more open for what the experience was. Well, and so JP, you say that you don't come for the breath work, you come for how you feel after. Michelle, what was it like for you after? Oh man, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. I did sob on the floor. I did feel emotional catharsis. But then afterwards, I felt a lightness and an intentionality. And like, I I, I think, Leah, you called me right afterwards and you were like, how did it go? Um, and I was like, I just need to go journal. I need that's I need to like get into myself and get into my intentionality and feel like really figure out what the heck I want. Um, and it really it just brought myself up in a way that I did not anticipate. There are so many amazing discoveries to be mined through the breath work. And it's and it it works on so many things. Um, and journaling is probably the best thing. I always say it after class, like journaling is the best thing to do afterwards. When you put pen to paper, magic happens anyways. But you're wide open from the breath work. You know, we, we, we tend to walk around a little bit guarded with our hearts, not completely closed. It depends on the person. But, you know, we're living in a tough world today. And there's a lot of stuff coming at us that can be difficult. And um, what the breath work does is it turns off your brain and it moves you into your heart. And your heart is wide open. And that's where all the real answers are for you. They're right there in your heart. If you're willing to go there, you know, I'm getting emotional because it's it's such a beautiful thing to just be a part of people's transformations. You know, I just, I'm so grateful I get to do what I do. And um, the thing is, I say this all the time, like the experience, I say the same stuff, um, at the beginning of the class to prepare new people properly, right? So it's the same spiel every time. Leah came for two years. I'm sure she was like, oh my God, I can't I can't hear this joke again for the fourth I still laugh. <laughs> Thank you. I do. But, but it's just to prepare the new people properly. But the great thing is your experience from breathwork is going to be different every time, which Leah could speak to because you did it. Like you went in, you dove in, and you did it consistently for a long time. And when you do that, that's how you create real change. Like you can have a huge shift from your first class and have a massive like transformation, just like, oh my God, I had an awareness that I've, I'm not really loving myself or this happened or that. A huge awareness or transformation can come up in your first class. Like it did for me, like it does for a lot of people. But if you continue to show up and do the work, that's how you really grow and change and use it as a tool to transform your life, which is what I've done. And I think you probably have too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I the first time I did it, like I said, just like Michelle, didn't really know what to expect, didn't even know about the crying. So you had a little bit of a primer. I bawled my eyes out. And, you know, when I started, when I first went into coaching certification, one of the certifiers said to me, as we were all doing coaching, I would, everybody would end up crying at some point. And when I cried, I would always wipe my tears. People would grab, run and grab Kleenex, run to you and be like, okay, okay, right? Everyone's trying to like blot out the tears, like make her feel better, make her feel better. And one of the coaches said to me, tears water the soul. And I was like, huh, I never thought about that. I'd never considered that crying was actually something that could release emotion for me or for any of us. And so I bawled my eyes out that first time. And I was like, I have to come back because I knew there were more tears. And I cried and I cried and I cried probably for the first three months. I had really teary experiences. And I don't have those as much anymore. Then it started getting a little like wild, like my brain would turn off, like truly turn off. I had an experience where I felt like I was falling like out of my body and I got scared. And like I actually stopped coming for a little bit because I was like, 
what is happening? <laughs> like, what is my body doing? But the first three months, yeah, were just an emotional transformation because I was releasing. I don't even know what the emotion was, but I was releasing so much of it. It was almost addictive because I would leave and go, I'm a different person when I leave and all I want to do is love. Yeah. I mean, that's the best place to be. I want to live in that place. And so um, tears, I say this in my class a lot, you know, tears are really good for us. It, can, it, it releases chemicals in our body that strengthen the immune system. It completes the stress cycle. And a lot of us didn't get that permission to cry growing up. So we have to give it to ourselves. But something you said stuck with me. You said, you know, someone would bring a tissue or whatever. I talk about this in my teacher trainings where I'm a trained interventionist. I don't do interventions anymore. I used to be a celebrity sober companion and uh, I was in an intervention and someone was crying and someone else in the family brought over, you know, the tissues for them. And the person, the interventionist goes, sit down, that tissue's for you. It's not for them. We're all comfortable with their crying. You're not comfortable with their crying. So what that did was when you give somebody a tissue, you're interrupting the process and you're sending, a, you're sending an unconscious message to that person that I'm not comfortable with your tears and it stops them from crying. That's why most good, good therapists will just have the tissues on the table. They don't hand you the tissue. So what you probably got was an unconscious message of like, I'm not comfortable with your crying. And that's why you were able to just like get comfortable with it and release so much of that emotion that had been stored up. And this is really common for a lot of people. We store up that emotion or we're like, you know, go to your room. It's fine if you want to cry, but go to your room because I don't want to see it. That's sending a message like, I'm not comfortable with your, your emotions. They're too big for me and I can't handle them. And, you know, our parents, if they knew better, they'd do better. My pain growing up was in my vulnerability. I'm very sensitive and I, you know, I'm very vulnerable. And I really tried to not be that because other people weren't comfortable with it. And now I'm very comfortable in my vulnerability. So your greatest wound can become your greatest strength. You know, it's one of the things that makes me really, I think, unique and special as a breathwork teacher is, A, I'm a no-nonsense kind of guy in the beginning of the class. And like, this is, I don't give a shit, you know, lay down, we're going to do this, you know. And then in the class, you hear me get vulnerable. You hear the emotion coming from me. And what comes from the heart goes to the heart. So what I'm doing is I'm opening my heart so that I can connect to your heart, giving you the permission to get vulnerable in the class. And that's, I think my gift, what makes me special about a breathwork teacher. But you don't have to do that as a breathwork teacher. Like I tell my students, I'm like, if you can just get somebody to lay on the floor and breathe, they're going to have a massive shift. They're going to have a transformation. You can literally be the worst teacher ever on the planet. And if you can just get them to do the breathwork, they're going to be like, that was amazing. Oh my God, you changed my life. And so, you know, anybody can teach this if they're willing to, you know, show up and learn, you know. JP, I was wondering, could you explain for listeners who may have no idea what breathwork is? Breathwork is an umbrella term. And it's like saying fitness. It's like, oh, I do fitness, right? And you're like, okay, you do fitness? Do you do CrossFit? Do you do yoga? Do you do spin? Like, what do you do? You can't just say, I do fitness. Breathwork is so many different types of breathwork. There's kundalini and there's box breathing and there's this and there's that. And they're all amazing methods. And I've studied them all and I've learned them all and I know them all. But I focus on this one technique. And the reason I focus on this one technique is because in one session, it will give you a massive shift, a massive transformation. So why would I do all that other stuff? I do do all that other stuff. I use all that other stuff. But like what I want to see, what I want to get from people is this massive shift in one session. There's so many things out there that people are saying, oh, this is transformative. This will change your life. And like, 
It's all bullshit, but this actually will in one session. And what it is is circular breathing, conscious connected breathing, two breaths in, one breath out, in and out through the mouth. And you're like, yeah, I've been breathing my whole life. How can this two breaths in, one breath out, so they're gonna cause all this, it's gonna make me cry, it's gonna do all this stuff. Like you just can't wrap your brain around it until you actually do it. And I get so many people who just like, they have no idea until they lay down and breathe. But what it is, is that we have all this stuff stored in our nervous system. Our sympathetic nervous system is my personal belief, right? That's where, that's the fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest and digest, right? So when we breathe through our mouth intensely in this way, it, it breathes into our a sympathetic nervous system. And that's where all the trauma, that's where all the stored emotions are. And a lot of times it's just sitting there waiting for us because we're breathing shallow all the time or we're holding our breath because we don't want to feel those emotions. We're at work. We got stuff going on. We don't want to have a big cry at work. But if we just started breathing deep, we would feel them. And a lot of people like, you know, breathing is getting bigger and bigger. So most people go, oh my God, breathing through the mouth? What? You're supposed to breathe through the nose. I've read about breathing. Breathing through the nose is the best way to breathe. Yes, breathing through the nose is the best way to breathe 99% of the time. But this technique, this specific technique, breathing through the mouth for massive shift, for massive transformation, to clear all your stress, to clear your anxiety, your trauma, all your stuff out, totally worth it. A little bit of mouth breathing is actually good for you here and there. And for me, it actually taught me how to breathe better into my diaphragm and then to get aware and that I'm like, oh, am I breathing through my mouth or am I breathing through my nose? So it created an awareness in me that wasn't there prior to learning breath work. So now I'm always conscious of, am I breathing through my nose? Am I breathing through my mouth? Am I breathing down into my diaphragm? It creates an awareness around the breath because most people are walking around unconsciously breathing. It's one of the only things that we can do that's both conscious and unconscious. My struggle has been anxiety. I'm also a very heady person, which is, I think, common for people with anxiety is like, I'm very intellectual. Everything's heady. I spent less time, I think, in my body and like really aware of my body. And so I've been loving this kind of exploration I've been doing of what is in our body and the somatics kind of healing process. When I did your breathwork class, what I didn't realize was that I was literally breathing from here up, and I say here, and it's basically like the very top of my rib cage up. My anxiety was sitting right in my chest, and that's basically where I was breathing. So when I did your class, I had no idea. It was almost painful. I had no idea how deep my breath could go and how for years I have been keeping my breath from going into my diaphragm. And I swear, you're right. Like it was like the the experience of opening that has made me more conscious, but it also was what felt like got me to the place where I could release these emotions that I didn't even know I had. And you're, you're crying. And it's like you say when you do the intro, you're like, who's that crying? And it's like, it's me. <laughs> Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I discovered it, I was a personal trainer and had been for 20 something years. And I, I hadn't taken a breath into my belly and my diaphragm because I was always trying to keep my abs tight and look good. Right. So, and that starts at a young age. Somebody pokes your belly or says, you got a big tummy. And then we're holding in our abs. We're holding in our diaphragm. You don't even realize it. I think I know why you weren't breathing deep, but do you know why you weren't breathing deep? What do you think was, I mean, what's the discovery that you made there? We're going to take a quick break. I'm pausing here because this is so good, my friends. Your breathing patterns change depending upon your body's state. So when you're stressed, it's different than when you're asleep, 
when you're riding a roller coaster or giving your close friend a hug. I know this might sound like a duh moment, but it means that you can sort of start backing into how you're feeling based on how you're breathing. For example, I always know when I'm stressed because I'm either holding my breath or breathing only into the upper part of my chest. So take a minute and notice what your breathing might be showing you about how you're doing. Michelle, how's your breathing? Oh, love that. All right, Michelle's doing great. When we get back, I'm gonna share my thoughts on why I probably wasn't breathing deep based on a new book I'm reading. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I'm Kwame Christian, and I am the CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, and I want you to check out my podcast, Negotiate Real Change. Listen to conversations with leaders in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and learn the secrets behind what it really takes to become a successful advocate, ally, and change maker in your organization. Check out Negotiate Real Change on your favorite podcast player. And we're back with J.P. Crimmy talking about what I'm learning about alarm in the body. I'm just finishing a book called Anxiety Rx, and it's a doctor who wrote this book about anxiety. And the idea is that we try to combat anxiety with more cognitive functioning. So not that that's a bad thing, but like talk therapy is the way that a lot of people work through anxiety. But uh, what this doctor talks about is the fact that there is a real, very real alarm system, right, in your body and is triggered. And then your thoughts are in a circular way basically feeding the alarm system. That alarm comes from very early childhood experiences. And my assessment of this is like, whatever trauma I experienced, I didn't want to relive. Yeah. And you created a strategy that was going to work for you after that. And the strategy was, if I don't, you know, breathe down into my belly, I won't have these emotions and then I won't make other people uncomfortable or whatever it is, you know, however that strategy plays out. And that's what we do. We create these strategies from our childhood and then they work in our childhood, maybe. And then later when we become adults, they stop working, right? <laughs> because we get anxiety and we can't, it gets worse and worse. It kind of builds up. And Yeah, um, you're just so sick of yourself. You're so sick of the experience of anxiety or whatever it is you're going through. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a time machine. You know, you know, like stay out of your time machine about what you know what the future is gonna what's gonna happen in the future. And if you you know the anxiety, I say this in my class too. You know, you have a breathing pattern when you're experiencing anxiety, right? You have a breathing pattern when you're experiencing depression or anger or any of those emotions, right? And if you can look at that breathing pattern, if you can go, oh, I'm I'm feeling anxiety, or I'm feeling depression. How am I breathing right now? And if you can shift your breathing pattern into a different type of breathing pattern, you can actually start to shift out of the emotion. And if you can shift the emotion, you can start to change your life. So change your breath, change your emotion, change your life is what I say all the time. And so if we can just start to recognize when we're feeling these things and have a strategy, my daughter is nine 
And they have this incredible thing. They have a Breathe Barbie now. And the Breathe Barbie has all these like guided meditations and it's like teaches you breathing. Yeah. And I got it for her and we were doing it together. And I, you know, I tried to teach her, but the Barbie did a better job than me because, you know, I'm her dad. She's going to listen to the Barbie, but we did it together. And it's so incredible. Like one of the tricks I use for kids is I tell people to tell their kids when they're having a meltdown or when they're upset or they're having whatever, some kind of panic attack is to think about a chocolate cake and smelling the chocolate cake and then blowing out all the candles on the chocolate cake. And what that is, is that's just a simple technique of we inhale through our nose and then we exhale through our mouth and we do a long exhale and that puts us in a parasympathetic and it starts to calm us down. So if we can start to learn some of these breathing techniques when we're children, it could change the course of our lives. The main technique that I teach, this transformational breath work, this circular breath work, isn't something that I recommend for kids. You know, people always ask me, can my eight-year-old do it? I'm like, no, I think it's kind of like 14 and up. I don't know why. I just feel like it's not meant for, you know, anyone under a teenager. Well, and JP, actually, just because we're talking about this, if someone's listening right now, would you say like, sure, go lay down and try this out? Or would you say do it with someone first, like a guided class like yours? It's a great question. First of all, I would say don't do it if you're driving and listening, right? Never do this while you're driving. Never do it in a bath or on a float on a pool. Like never do it near water. Those are the kind of the main safety concerns there. You can come to my class. I always think the first time is best with somebody like guided and then you can go off on your own and do it on your own like if you hate my music if you hate my playlist like go make your own playlist and do it on your own when i found breathwork i actually hated it i didn't hate the breathwork i love the experience that it brought me but i hated the i didn't like the music in the class i didn't like the teacher their style i didn't like any of it and i was just like oh but so i was doing it mostly on my own in the beginning and then i had a realization like i like going to the class i want to be in the community and the motivation of other people around is amazing. But what what am I not liking here? And I was like, oh, I don't like the music. I don't like the teacher style. And I, I thought if somebody taught this in a way that wasn't woo-woo and wasn't new agey, that came in and was like real and funny and edgy, and they played cool ass music, then they would have hundreds of people in the room, right? And I was right, because that's what I did and that's what happened. And then I added some pieces to it that made it even more powerful, like the scream at the end. When in life, do you scream? You never get to scream in life. We never let the let that out. And that's really good because there's this energy that builds up in the system in your body. And then the scream kind of helps release it at the end. And so for some people, the scream is their favorite part of the class. And then I do these moments at the end of the class where I'm pulling moments after the breath work, moments of gratitude, moments of love, all these beautiful moments in your life. And the reason I did that is because I didn't want people to walk away being like, oh my God, what was that? I had this crazy experience or this crazy trauma came up for me or this thing came up for me. I wanted people to walk away filled with gratitude and love and the realizations that that's all that really matters in our life. Like these moments that we pull into our heart, the moments of love, the moments of gratitude, like we get so caught up in the work and the things and all the stuff that we get distracted from what really is important in our life. What really, and that's what the breathwork always brings me back to. I actually did an incredible session with a student of mine the other day. He's in the, in London, in the UK, and he was doing a session online and I did it with a student, which was amazing, like full circle. And I, you know, he doesn't do the moments. He does this like uh, visualization at the end. And it's just like, oh my God, I just, 
I oh, it always just comes back to what really matters to me. And I get so caught up in like, oh, I gotta be, I gotta help more people and I gotta be bigger and I gotta do this and all this stuff. And I just like, oh no, I don't need to do that. Let me just go hug my children. Let me just go hug my wife and tell the people in my life how important they are to me, what they mean to me. And 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 everything else is gonna be fine. It's all gonna work itself out. So it really just resets my compass my personal compass on where I need to focus my energy and what's important in my life. And it does it every time. I've been doing it for over a decade. It still works. It's still incredible. It's changed quite a bit over the decade, but it's an amazing tool. And until I find something better, I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to keep teaching it because I just, I'm always searching, but I've never found anything more powerful. I've never found anything better that works as good as this thing. And people will come and do it for a while like you did, and then they'll go away for a while, and then they'll come back when a relationship doesn't work out or when a big life event happens or they lose someone close to them. And I'm, I'm like, I understand, those are the cycles of life, you know? I'm here, or the breath work is always there for you when you need it. Well, and I, I what I love about uh, you, JP, is how authentic you are, and also, like, your moments of vulnerability are what open the hearts of the people on the call. So like I feel permission, you know, to to be really vulnerable and to cry and and to be in this community where all of a sudden you're with these people on this call that you don't know that are all over the world that are supporting each other and you're watching how people have opened up and a lot of that is in part is due to you because of what you've shared. Like I've been on calls where you've lost you've lost friends and you've talked about you know losing someone. I've joined calls um, you know last year around this time I had lost a really close friend and I was like I have to go and I bawled my eyes out um, and I felt safe to share that. That and to like fully release. So I think what you've created and what you're continuing to build is is so powerful. And the vulnerability is really, I mean, aside from the music and like the hilarious jokes, the vulnerability is part of what makes people come back. Because to your point, you come from the heart and our hearts are open when we're doing breath work. And so it's like all you want to do is live in your heart. And I felt like in addition to feeling permission to mourn things like past traumas i also at the end felt the felt permission to dance yeah i saw you dancing i was yeah. gonna say i was just <laughs> I, I, I just was like i feel free i feel open i feel permission to move my body in a way that i usually don't you know working a desk job i'm usually very like buttoned up very confined to my torso and i just felt like i wanted to move and to express what was in my heart that way which is a rarity for me, I think. We're human beings. We're supposed to move our body in a celebration. I mean, dancing to music has been around for thousands of years, right? From like drumming in Africa, right? It's been around forever. Like it feels good. Like, you know, and I'm a white Irish guy from Boston. I can't dance to save my life. It used to take 15 gin and tonics to get me on the dance floor. But, you know, I, it still feels good. I don't give a shit if I can't dance, if my moves are terrible. It doesn't matter, you know, and I want to touch back on something 
Grief is tough for all of us. And they say that grief gets stuck in the lungs and that we kind of like, it gets stuck there and we don't process it fully. And that's why breathwork is one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced for grief. And everyone is gonna experience grief in this lifetime. You're not getting through this life without experiencing grief of someone you love. It's just not gonna happen. So what are you gonna do about it? What tools do you have? Like, there were you taught any tools to cope with grief? Nobody teaches, they don't teach that in school. They don't teach that anywhere. They're like, oh, someone someone passed away. You know, I'm from the East Coast. It's like, oh, uh, they're in a better place now. You know, like, <laughs> like that. there's no tool. Good luck to you. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, you know, religion is, they have things that they try and comfort you with, but there, there are no real actual tools taught to people out there. And this is the best tool that I've ever found for grief. Um, and the heartbreak is another one. Like we're all going to experience heartbreak at some point in our lives. You, I mean, unless you're just going to lock yourself away, but we're all going to experience heartbreak. And what we do is we close off our heart after that heartbreak. And we're like, oh, I'm never going to let anyone hurt me like that again. Um, and that, and like, so you're never going to love again because you cannot have both. You cannot close yourself off to the heartbreak and the grief and open yourself up to love and gratitude. So you have to decide, am I going to live with an open heart or am I going to close it off and not feel the, because you, if you close it off to the heartbreak and the grief, you're not going to feel the love and the gratitude. So I've just made a choice to live with an open heart. So this is kind of wild. I've been doing it so long. When I'm in the room with people, I can hear that person's grieving someone over there. That's a that's a breakup over there. Like I can hear the different cries, which is wild. My wife, uh, when we had our daughter, our first child, there was a DVD that she got, and the DVD was amazing. You could I thought it was BS, and it, you could hear the baby's cries. Like this cry means that they need their diaper changed, and this cry means that they're hungry, and this cry means that they have gas, and it was like like five different type of cries to listen for. And we watched this DVD together and I was amazed by it. And now, you know, I have an ear that's tuned in the room. That's like, that's, that's grief. That person lost someone. That's heartbreak. That's old trauma. You know, it's wild. I just got woo woo, which is not my style, but it's, I think there is some science behind it. And what's funny is there's all this woo-woo stuff, and then if you dig deep enough, you can actually find the science behind it, right? Like sage, saging the room is like a very woo-woo thing, but there's actually properties in sage that uh, that are cleansing for the room, that they, the microbiomes and kill all that stuff, and it's really good for the, uh, you know, to clear out germs. Well, I think it's like a lot of these things do probably have a lot more scientific validity than we than we know. But what gets funded is what gets researched. So it's like, you know, if if someone's not funding it, then, you know, you end up in the woo-woo category. But what I love and what we've done, I think, really well on this show is trying to make some of these things that feel like they could be woo-woo or not understandable a little more accessible, which is why I love what you do, because Anybody could join your join your breathwork class and feel like they belonged there, like it was okay. And for a period for me, you know, when I before I started meditating, like seriously meditating, I was like, I don't feel like I belong in any of these rooms where I'm showing up to do meditation or to do yoga because everybody's like got their thing and they feel very. It feels, it's almost like the the thing that is. It's crazy. The thing that's free, that is one of the most powerful ways to transform yourself, can also feel like you you 
can also feel excluded from it in some ways. So I think what you've done is create a space where it's like, oh, this guy can show up and like he can like curse and like yell and scream and do whatever and and still be this. And like literally you show in an hour I feel like the the spectrum of what it is to be human. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like at the start, you're like, you're joining late, like, screw you. And then yeah, you're crying like it. 30 minutes I, later. You can see that I'm annoyed at the beginning of people. Totally. I'm irritated. I don't give a shit. I'm like, what are you doing? Sit up. <laughs> give me your attention. Why are you laying down with your eyes closed? How are you going to learn it with your eyes closed? Sit your <laughs> ass up. And then I'm like, I'm going and like, stu- if you didn't get the email, it's because you unsubscribed like an idiot. We can't email you. If you unsubscribe, you moron. You know, like, and then, and then I go into like the funny stuff and then I go into the emotional stuff. I do, I go through and listen, that class feels amazing for me. Like teaching that class, like it's the same thing for me. Like the people who are going through it, like I feel amazing afterwards. I've gone through the whole experience myself. I feel so good after teaching that class. And it's just, it's, I'm always so grateful every time I get to do it. And the funny thing is you were talking about, um, you know, my style is a lot of women will come. It's 70% women, right? And then they'll go, oh my God, my husband or my boyfriend would never do this, but he'll do this with you because you're an, you're like a guy guy, you're right? You're a dude. So they, yeah, yeah, you're a dude. And they bring their husband or their boyfriend to my class the next time. And I can see the guy just sitting there with this look on his face. Like, I cannot believe she dragged me to this shit. And that's my guy. Like, I love having people in my class who think it's stupid, who don't want to be there, who think it's not going to work. I'm like, I'm going to crack that person open and I'm going to make them cry like a little baby with a skin knee. And, and, uh, and it's like, and then that guy comes up to me in the lobby or whatever. He's like, Hey man, can I, can I, uh, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, sure. And he gives me a hug. He starts crying on me. And I'm like, it's amazing because you don't have to believe it's going to work for you. You just have to show up and do it. I was super skeptical. The more skeptical you are of it. Great. You know, it'll, it'll, it's going to, it's going to be a bigger experience. Cause you're, you're going to be like, I have no expectations here. I just think this is stupid. But if I can actually get you to do the breath work in the way that I show you, you're going to have an experience. I don't know what that experience is going to be. And it's going to be different every time you do it, but you're going to have some kind of experience. JP, you always read something at the end. Do you have anything right now that you would be open to reading? Sure. Um, let me see. Let me dig something out. I always uh, like the heart prayer. The heart prayer. One of them. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful one. It, um, you know, it's been around for me. That was the first one I used, and um, it's really special. And they don't actually know the source of where it comes from, so I've never been able to find the source of it. Um, but it's a beautiful prayer. Let's see here. Heart prayer. I am in this body, but I am not the body. I and the body are separate. The body is mine for only a short time. Even if I live a hundred years more, it will go by like a flash. Everything outside of my heart is not truly mine. I own nothing in this world. Everything I own is contained in my heart. The love I have for others and the love they have for me The love they feel for me is mine. My connection with God is mine. My wisdom is mine. My joy is mine. I breathe into my heart and breathe out from my heart. May I not waste another moment withholding love for myself or for anyone else. That gives me the chills. Yeah. 
I, I, I need to find things that move me. Like, I don't want to just do a class. I want to be moved myself. And I want to move others in that process. Otherwise, I'll just go do some other stupid thing where I can make money. Like, I'm not, it's like, I'm not in this for the money. I'm in it because I, I feel good at the end of the day. And it, it, it makes me know that I'm doing good work on this planet. And that um, I'm paying it back a debt that I owe. You know, that it's just, I just... It just feels so good to help other people. And yes, you know what? I get annoyed. People are annoying. People annoy the shit out of me. That is the human experience. And I love people at the same time. You can be both annoyed and love people, right? There is the dark and the light. And so, you know, I just thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah. You know, I haven't felt as energized as I felt to join your class until I was able to bring Michelle. And I'm normally excited to join, but like the idea of knowing that Michelle was in the room, like as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, that feels so good. <laughs> like I was like, I'm I'm in, you know, and like I'm always in. But I was like really in because I felt like I was sharing something that was so powerful and so meaningful that it changed my life. And I knew when I took your class the first time that I was going to have to interview you. I was going to have to talk to you. I just didn't know when. But I was like, let's see. It'll come. Uh, but there was the the beauty of being able to give something like this to someone that they can use for the rest of their lives um, is a game changer. So I thank you for for doing the work that you're doing and just for showing up as your authentic self because it's felt. And it, that's why people come back. That's why people show up is like it's it's so you and it's so much permission for us to access parts of ourselves that maybe we never would if not for the class. So I so appreciate you. Um, Thank you. And I'm going to have you answer these three statements. Okay. The first is better humans are. Uh, better humans are necessary right now on this planet. <laughs> Fair. So necessary. <laughs> better work is. Better work is loving yourself through your mistakes because you're going to keep making mistakes. I'm going to make probably a couple mistakes today. Definitely some more next week. But I, if I can stop being so hard on myself on my mistakes, about my, on myself about my mistakes, I can do better work in the world. It's not, it's not about the perfection of the work. It's about loving myself when I make mistakes when I'm doing the work. And the last one is a better world has. More compassion for ourselves first and then for others. Because I can't have compassion for others if I don't have compassion for myself. That's right. Can't give what you don't have. Right. Love that. JP, thank you so much thank for you. joining. That was awesome. That was the breathwork coach, JP Crimmy. I'm serious, everybody. Find a breathwork class focused on the core technique or conscious connected breathing. It will change you. I mean, Michelle, would you not agree? 100%. This was unlike anything I've ever done before. I was going to say, you're going to go back, right? I'm signed up for this Sunday. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll see you. <laughs> so I've been doing it for two years, and it's like, you know, I don't go every week, but I always know when I need to go. And people now always tell me they know when I'm different because I've done breath work. <laughs> yeah. And I know when I'm different. So I probably should just meet you there. Yeah. I'll see you there. Yeah, so happy to know it. Um, this is the beauty of converting people. <laughs> and now I have an accountability buddy. Okay, everybody. One big thing before we go. You can all probably tell by now that I'm super committed to personal development because I believe it affects who we are everywhere we go. 
But for me, it has not been the motivational talks that make you feel good for a quick second that have helped me change. I am deeply committed to learning and sharing the tools that we can actually carry with us for a lifetime. That motivation stuff feels pretty easy, but this, the business of working yourself through tough stuff is what makes you resilient, deeply empowered, and able to thrive. So try that tool you've been interested in that maybe you thought was a little weird. Here's what I've learned. Just because it's not mainstream doesn't mean it's not valid. If you're leaving inspired to try breathwork or something else that can help you, text this episode to a friend and help other people like you find our show by leaving us a rating before you go. Even better, write a one-sentence review telling me what tool or practice you love that's helped you develop yourself. And as always, you can find me on LinkedIn writing about human potential and meaningful living. In the Arena is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Franz Bowen and Rafa Fariha. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Courtney Coop is head of original audio and video programming. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Leah Smart. Thanks for coming on the journey with me, and I'll see you next week.